0: Welcome to Legal Tech Made Simple, a podcast by me, Don Birch. I'm not a lawyer and I'm not a techie, which makes me perfectly qualified to make legal tech simple. Join me in this podcast as I interview expert legal engineers, software developers, law firms and large corporations who are at the cutting edge of legal technology or just starting their journey. Episode one wouldn't be episode one if I didn't have an amazing guest. And of course, this morning, I've chosen to interview the CEO and founder of Psyche. Psyche is an independent legal tech consultancy that helps companies buy and implement legal technology. So let's get cracking with episode one. Alistair, welcome to uh, Legal Tech Made Simple. Hi Don. So tell us a little bit about, well let's start at the start shall we? Let let our listeners know a little bit about you and then how you set up Psych.
1: Well um, yeah so I, I guess for many years I had a, um, uh, a more traditional life as a lawyer, started in private practice, then went in-house, uh, found my way to Morrison's the supermarket, then got poached by Asda and um, ended up Heading up their contracts team eventually, and um, I think like many in-house lawyers, um, I was always struggling for the time necessary to deal with the many thousands of contracts that we had to deal with, Uh, not just me, my team as well. Um, And you know, we we were covering everything from beans to bread to IT contracts, logistics, uh, people, consultancy. Uh, and it was a real struggle you know the volume the demand for pace um, we you know we just couldn't deal with it in a in an analog way I guess so so we digitized um, we created a self-service contracting platform by piecing together a few pieces of technology that hitherto hadn't been connected um, it was really successful uh, the system was called Delphi uh, anyone Go on, and uh, any colleague could go on and self serve a contract. Um, They could create it, they could negotiate it digitally using digital playbooks. They could get contracts approved, they could get them signed, they could store them digitally. Uh, And we had a lot of guidance and help to take people through that process. Um, And as I said, it was really successful. Um, One of one of the best pieces of feedback I received was uh, when I asked. uh, of my procurement colleagues how they found using the system they said it's uh, infinitely preferable to dealing with you that was that was um you know that 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 made me think i was along the right lines but but the numbers bore out actually because we managed to reduce the contract cycle which is the amount of time that it took to put a contract in place from when it was instructed to when it was signed we reduced that cycle from 17 days to five days and and I, guess, it's really that, yeah, I was gonna weird.
0: say and at the, at the time legal engineering wasn't really a, a term, was it, that
1: was banded Definitely around too not. much? No, I think Richard Tuskin had, had talked about legal knowledge engineers, but um, it wasn't something that was on my radar at all.
0: So fast fast
1: um, forward sort
0: of four years then and and you know, having left Asda and, and set Psyche up on your own three or four years ago. Just give our, uh, our listeners a little sense of the, the, the I guess, the scale of the organisation now and the, and the speed that this um, this market has, has, has taken on.
1: Yeah, well, really, it went from, um, so I, I left after, um, you know, having been inspired to, to try doing this on a full-time basis. And really, it started quite slowly, actually. Legal tech, when, when I started the business, legal tech wasn't really a thing. Um, and that's just, three and a half years ago. So it goes to show how much um, much times have changed since then. Uh, First year, first six months was very slow. My golf handicap improved. Um, (laughs) Second second six months started to pick up. But to give you an idea, at the first Christmas party, there were four of us. At the second Christmas party, there were 10 of us. Uh, And now we have um, around 60 colleagues. Um, so it really has grown super fast, uh, and it's it's gone from just digital contracting, which in itself is a big white space, but also uh, we're working on law bots, we're using AI, we're doing digital matter management. Um, so it has just ballooned in the past year or so
0: and what's different um would you say about psych maybe to i don't know a traditional consultancy or um or, or any firm that has you know some legal tech expertise what what are the
1: things that set set psych apart well i think there are probably a couple of things say so first of all we're only really interested in legal tech um, so it you know we are specialist and we are niche and um, tempting though it is to you know open a digital law firm or or get into broader management consultancy we haven't done that and i think being narrow has served us really well uh we also uh, we're tech agnostic which is quite unusual um, so we're not taking a product and kind of being the exclusive implementation partner for a, a particular product We work across products and that means that we've got a lot of experience in implementing uh, competing products and I I think that's quite unusual. Um, Well, I think it is totally unusual actually. And then the other thing as well that is uh, unusual but convenient in in context of uh, recent events is that we're totally digital. Say we don't have an office. Uh, We've been built digitally using Office 365. Um, It's enabled us to scale really quickly. And it's quite interesting. Although there are some pockets of colleagues in in, um in uh London and West Yorkshire, we've actually got colleagues all over the globe. And it's that's one of the real reasons I think we've been able to expand quickly. Is because geography is not a barrier to talent within the organization. So if someone's good it doesn't matter where they're located. I'll I'll hire them. And
0: and you work both with um, I say you we work both with uh, large law firms and and large corporates. What what what's a typical deployment look like? And and, and maybe that's an unfair question because I guess every deployment has a has its own sort of hallmark, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, and and the types of work we see so see so law firms are about ten percent of our turnover. Um, and typically, with a law firm, they'll have a piece of tech that they want us to help them either use better or it will be something more discreet, like they'll ask us to automate a a set of real estate precedents or a corporate SBA, or banking and finance documents. With corporate legal teams and big corporates, it's a rather longer and more involved process. So typically they'll come to us and say, look, we want to digitize, but we don't know how. It will help them get started. We'll build a set of requirements. We'll help pick the technology or tech stack most suited to those requirements. Uh, We'll help them buy it well. Um, And and, and by that, we're not talking about kind of, tough negotiations with the vendors it's more making sure that they're buying the right number of licenses to achieve their objectives uh, and they're buying the right type of licenses so once that procurement process is over we 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 plow on into helping them implement the product and that's really the the engine room of the business is helping with those big implementations. say so that involves a design element first where We'll um, try and design a technical solution to meet the customer's problems, and then uh, there's an automation element. It will be either automating the documents, training the AI, doing the testing, uh, and all all of the change management stuff that um, that sits alongside that, which which is a, another key challenge. So you can build a beautiful solution, but if you haven't got the uh, the internal customers on board with That solution then it will fail
0: and you blogged recently didn't you about the pitfalls that people can fall into uh, when they're buying legal tech and 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 one of them is actually just buying the wrong software for the job you know and 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 the companies that sort of buy something off the shelf thinking it's going to fix all of their woes and actually it's a bit bit like buying a a kitchen from from B&Q you get it delivered flat pack but you still have to put the thing in
1: yeah yeah um yeah i think there's two the two main categories of issue in this respect the first is quite simply buying the wrong uh, piece of kit for the job um that is alarmingly frequent actually it it's a it's a more recent trend where we're asked to go in and evaluate what what a customer is already doing it's very common that uh, they've been uh, you know the snake oil salesman has flogged them a panacea for all their ills and um the reality is it's not fit for purpose so that that that's quite disappointing and I, and I would say to everyone um listening that if you think about buying legal tech you know it's it just takes some the advice you know the the on the face of it all the products do the same things but it's subtle differences that are critical
0: and often uh, yeah, often now yeah. it's a case, isn't it, of, of almost bring out your dead and let's have a look at what you've got already. So if you have Office yeah. 365 or you might already have a piece of tech in the business that is sat there dormant or perhaps has been configured a few years ago, or maybe even the expert who put it in has been poached by uh, somebody like Syke and no, long, no longer <laughs> resides in the organisation. Um, you know, that sort of discovery exercise, that, that m- moment in time where you put your foot on the ball and get somebody to come in and just go... What is it we've got? What do we need? And what are the problems we're actually trying to solve here? Uh, before just sort of jumping headfirst into buying a load of licences.
1: Yeah, look, it's a it's an inexpensive way to make sure that you're heading in the right direction. Um, I, you know, I think it, it's a no-brainer, really. I, I, I think starting with such an exercise is the way forward, and it, it seems to be quite a popular way, uh, you know, for us to start to work with clients, and definitely the. Satisfied with the output. So um I, I I think um it it's 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 a really straightforward way to just sit down and flesh out your objectives. But also I think a really important point to bring out is not everything we work on is successful all the time. And I would suggest that we've learned more from our failures than we have from our successes in a way. So you know that's it obviously if something does fail we iterate again and we make it work but it is is it is very easy to go wrong in what is still quite a new area in, in terms of legal tech. so
0: tell us a little bit about the importance of design because i think that kind of architecture role in any legal tech deployment any project is absolutely key isn't it putting you know, the design in place that's uh, culturally appropriate for the organization is is sort of cognizant, if you like, of how information flows around that organization, how decisions are made. I mean, I remember you telling me a a story of uh, our ASDA days and bringing together, you know, three or four departments that were all, you know, intrinsically connected, but had never actually sat down and planned their processes together. So not surprisingly, things didn't work seamlessly, (laughs) to say the least.
1: Yeah, and there's, there's quite a lot in that question, actually. I mean, just going back to the example you gave, that was legal finance procurement, um, obviously all critical parts of the contracting process. But when we sat down to try and draw out that process and link it together, we found there was a lot of overlap uh there were a lot of things that didn't really make sense when you when you when you considered them uh and there was a lot of i guess inefficiency in in the process so that's a good starting point um is to you know, get everyone together understand how it works presently uh, redesign how it should work to make it more efficient um and and then try and. a I guess apply the legal technology to that design. Um, the the challenge is, and the reason a lot of these projects actually fail is, and probably the number one reason that these projects fail actually is the astonishing level of um, politics within large organisations, which um, can can actually really thwart trying to walk through that kind of exercise. I was lucky at Asda, um to have some open-minded people in the finance and the procurement team who would work with me to the same objective. Um, but you know, you do often find, particularly where we're working for legal teams, is if they go to the finance team or the procurement team or the sales team or any other team and say, uh, we, wanna, uh, "We want to, we want to, you know, digitise our process," they're actually met with some pretty stern resistance. And, Uh, it still surprises me.
0: So let's let's bring it right up to the present day then so we're right in the middle of uh, coronavirus and you know we're one week into global lockdown obviously here in the UK but also around the globe I think there's 1.5 billion citizens across the world are currently restricted to stay in their homes. What impact is that having on organisations and what are the phone calls and the team requests and the Emails and texts and so forth that you're getting from from colleagues and peers across the industry who are suddenly faced with a, a challenge that you know no crisis management team would have uh, would have really played out. So, you know, what are those what are those challenges, and, and how can how can we as an organisation help people overcome this 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 you know immediate sort of transition that that, that people are going through?
1: Yeah, well, I think the, the immediate. Impact is really, uh, we're seeing a bit of a slowdown in uh, in the number of instructions on the kind of bigger projects that require investment, uh, which is totally understandable. That said, um, you know, that gap is being filled by requests to uh, help look at contracts to understand the potential impact of COVID on those contracts. They're looking at force majeure clauses rights of termination, suspension, et cetera, et cetera. And, uh, you know, we think that that work is going to really mature over the next couple of months. And, and it's interesting about how um, often people have bought AI without a use case, and yet COVID presents the perfect use case for AI. And uh, it's, it's interesting with some of the customers that we're working for is they've got, uh, I guess, dormant AI technology, Uh, Which they haven't really found anything to use it on yet. And yet, um, you know, it's proving really helpful to do some of the heavy lifting in that process. Um, I think the other thing about the other thing that we're hearing is just legal teams. I mean, corporate legal teams are always busy, but they're super, super busy at the moment because in times of crisis, uh, the legal team is the shield that protects the business and say, um, you know the, the the calls on their time have never been greater, and uh, I I think we're we're trying to help those teams. The nature of our business, the fact that we're remote and digital, we can stand up uh, people and teams very quickly to help with specific tasks that that uh, those legal teams will be uh, asked to uh, perform, uh, and whether it's producing documents en masse, Uh, the AI example I gave earlier, Um, we're also potentially doing some work for a government to implement um, um, e-signature technology um, so that citizens can prove that they're allowed to be um, outside of their household. So there's there's lots of stuff uh, to get into. Um, And I think, obviously, as I said earlier in the podcast, we're a digital organisation. We've never had an office. so we're kind of really well equipped for this crisis. I think law law or the practice of law is never going to be the same because I don't see how having you know within a couple of months will approve the concept across the industry that you can work digitally and I can't see people ever recongregating in large offices at the same volume that they did before. I think it will. Um, I think it will be, you know, it's obviously the situation is desperately sad, but I think it will be of great benefit to the practice of law in the long term. Well, Alistair, first of all,
0: thank you for taking the time this morning. Appreciate it. Um, I'm conscious that there's a brisket in the oven and in 20 minutes it needs to be turned down and we're at 19 and a half minutes. So on that note, I'm going to say thank you for joining us on uh, Legal Tech Made Simple. This was episode one. You've been listening to... Don Birch and Alastair Maiden, who's the CEO and founder of Psych. Um Stay tuned to this podcast. We'll be doing regular updates and talking to legal engineers, software companies, law firms and large corporates about legal technology.